This will be our uh, next Friday will be our last get-together on Friday mornings and, uh, and just uh, for various reasons and the Lord is leading me in this manner is the main reason. Uh, but again, let me say something that you haven't heard me say, but I've already said it, <laughs> that we will be in Lima, Ohio the 16th and 17th of January on the 16th we'll be at the Hampton Inn there in Lima at 10 a.m., 5 p.m. And the next morning, Sunday morning, we'll be at Pastor Joe Compton's church. So be sure if you're in that area, come out and meet us. Come out and uh, uh, just uh, let us have a great time in the Lord. Look forward to seeing you and uh, just be praying that the meetings will be allowed to take place with all this virus stuff going on uh, as it is today. And again, this is 2 Timothy chapter 2, session 11 on December the 11th, 2020. And uh, let's read these again since we didn't have any volume there at the beginning. Verse 20, 2 Timothy chapter 2. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to dishonor, or I'm sorry, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now, uh, there's a lot of things in these scriptures that have been hazy and unclear that I believe the Lord is going to shine some light from the Word into our hearts today concerning these scriptures. Now, here, here's the main, here is the main thing that has to be uh, considered when you're studying the Word of God. And that is the context of the scripture. Each verse does not change context. When you're reading you need, and you're studying, you need to understand that the Bible, these, these were not written in chapter and in verse. These things were written as a letter. So we're, we're reading a letter from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. And the context is that Timothy was a pastor slash doing up apostolic work there in Ephesus where he was at when he got this letter, and he's surrounded by all sorts of unbelief and false belief and, and just people going the wrong direction. And he's being told here by Paul under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's more than just Paul and Timothy. It's the Lord leading Paul to direct Timothy. And, and, and if you just back up for a moment so we can see where we are in context here. He says in verse 15, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as does a canker of whom is Hymenius and Philetus. Now look. He's, he's giving direction to Timothy and, and the folks there in Ephesus and to you and me to study, to show yourself approved. So when these folks like Hymenus and Philetus, and boy, there's hundreds of thousands of them in the world today show up and, and, and look at verse 18. Concerning the truth they've erred, saying the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. So you will, your faith will be overthrown by people that you think 
have your best interest involved in, in that, you know, for you, if you're not studying to show yourself approved. So the context is you make sure you're in the word so that you won't be, your faith won't err. You won't err according to the faith. That's a very important. You can't just trust people that come along. And this is the context of these scriptures. He said in that they, concerning the truth, they've erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. That's just one avenue. If you read Paul's letter to Timothy, there are many avenues through which false belief is entered in, and that's the reason for the letters, to give clear-cut direction to Timothy, which will hold him the course and those he's surrounded by. Then he says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity, he says, but, this is where we are today, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Now he's talking about the church, and he's talking about people. He's using the, the analogies of gold and silver and wood and earth of people. And we know that because look at verse 21. If a man, there's the people, Therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a what? A vessel. And the verse before is, re, is re, re, referring to vessels as gold and silver or wood and earth. But here we see Paul's bringing it home. He's, he's getting more uh, uh, focused on what he's really talking about. People. If a man therefore purge himself, clean himself from these... He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, which means useful for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now this, when we read scripture like this, we have to understand that if we don't purge ourselves from these, these being the things that would keep us from being honorable, which are what? The dishonorable things. You get that? It's right here, it's right here in the scripture, not hard to see. What we're to purge ourselves from are the things that keep us from being honorable. The excuses that we've made for the sin in our life. The excuses we've made when we hear the way back to the cross so that we can be cleansed, purged, because there is no cleansing and there is no purging outside of faith today in the work of Christ that took place 2,000 years ago. Let me say that again. I cannot purge myself without faith in what Jesus did to purge me and to cleanse me from all sin, all unrighteousness, so that I might be used by the Master for His purpose, prepared unto every good work. This doesn't take place because I go to church. These people Paul is writing to were in church. But the people in church, this, this is what the context of this scripture are. He says, in a great house, in the church... They are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to, to honor and some to dishonor. So he's talking about people, and he's talking about people in the church having an opportunity to purge themselves from these, from these which, that whichever is 
dishonorable. When you look at the difference between gold and silver and wood and earth, you're looking, you think about gold and silver, you know, when people find gold and silver in the earth, they have to clean it up before it's realized it is what they even have. Because it looks just like earth when it's found. It's, it's dirty. It's covered in, in, in dirt. It's covered in whatever. And it has to be, you don't know you got gold till you get it cleaned up. And you see, and he's talk, that's what he's talking about with us. If a man purge himself from these, these things that are dishonorable to the Lord. These things that prevent us from being purged. These false doctrines. See, that is the context for those who get tired of hearing it. That's the context. He just listed two men who were teaching false doctrine. So the context here is that of a lack of perfection in the church, but a sure and noticeable difference between those who are growing through faith in the rightly divided word of God and others who are in error. Do you see that? That's what's the context. That's what the context is here. Let me read that again. The context here is that of a lack of perfection in the church. And no, we're not going to be perfect till we're with Jesus, but what we've been given by the Lord, He desires to perfect it. You know how I know that? I added a scripture to my notes this morning. Let me see. Here it is, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Brother Chris, you can't cleanse me. I can't cleanse you. You can't cleanse me. It takes the blood of Jesus to cleanse anybody. If I'm going to purge myself, that does not send me on a mission to work my way into cleanness before God. That sends me on a mission to Calvary, to cling to Jesus through faith in what He did at Calvary, and there the Holy Spirit cleanses me. It's the Listen, if I'm not walking with Jesus, if my faith is not in the cross of Christ, I'm not walking with the Master. Here's the proof of that. If listen, what what does First John one and is it one First John one seven or one nine say? If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have what? We have fellowship and one with another, and the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The walk with Christ, is the church is so far backslidden, they don't understand. They're not walking with Christ if they're not in the process of being cleansed. Not in the process. They may, be in the, they may have never missed church their whole life and have a plaque to prove it. But if they're, they're not walking with Christ unless they're in the process of being cleansed. We're not being used of the Lord unless we're in the process of being cleansed. It's right here in our Bibles. And listen, when we walk with Him in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Why? Because we're in agreement with Him about what? And the blood. 
That's what our agreement's on, that my faith has to be in the cross of Christ. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we then are in agreement. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood, all this is in one verse, and the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The blood cleanses me from what keeps me from being honorable and and prepared by the master to be used by him. It takes faith in the blood, not yesterday's faith in the blood. Maybe we need to talk about that this morning. The great moves of God in your yesterday won't do anything for you today because now faith is and today is what you have. You don't have yesterday, you've got today. And we read stories in the Bible about boys. Me and I shared one Wednesday night about the Lord calling Moses and Aaron and his two boys up on the mountain and the 70 elders. And my Lord, they saw God. They, they saw God as he stood there on something, the Bible says, in the likeness of paved jasper. They, they, they ate there with God in his presence, with God. And then later, those two sons of Aaron would offer strange fire, disrespecting the sacrificial system placed by God, and God would strike them dead. I don't care what you've seen of God yesterday. I don't care what God's done in you and through you yesterday. All that can be lost and thrown away because of you throwing it away today. Today, while it is today, don't harden your hearts. Don't reject that voice that's calling you back to Calvary, the place where you can be cleansed from all unrighteousness instead of making the excuses, religious excuses, is quoting Bible Scripture, using Bible Scripture to justify our sin today. We've got professional, we've become professionals at that, quoting Scriptures to justify our sin, to excuse our sin. That only takes place, my friend, under the law, not grace. So, for, But here we are back to 2 Corinthians. I didn't finish quoting this. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Holiness, God desires to perfect holiness. And let me add this because we've got so many Christians today, almost all the church uh, doesn't understand that the church, the saved people of God can have filthiness not only of the flesh but of the spirit while they're trusting in anything other than the work of Christ at Calvary. The perfecting of holiness cannot be taken place. You understand that? Let me say this about holiness. Righteousness and holiness. You were declared righteous and holy by God through your faith in what His Son did for you, Jesus Christ, at the cross. He did the righteous work. He is the Holy One of Israel. He did the work. Your faith in Him made you righteous and holy before God. The Bible says that not only did God make you righteous in Christ, but He created you in righteousness and true holiness. And the path He set before you is a path of righteousness. And the only way... Boy, we all need to hear this. The only way you and I can serve God without fear, the only place you and I can serve God without fear dominating our lives is in holiness and righteousness. That's found in Luke chapter 1. 
verses 74 and 75. Because Jesus destroyed the enemy. He overcame the enemy for us. Now we can every day of our lives. This is what the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 74 and 75. That now, because of what Jesus did for us at Calvary, we can every day of our lives serve God in holiness and righteousness without fear. And if we're reminded this morning, like we are right now by the Holy Spirit, Isaiah prophesied that God would keep us far from oppression as He establishes us in righteousness. That's Isaiah 54 and 14. In righteousness you shall be established and and oppression shall be far from you. My Lord, I see so much oppression in the church today because we don't know the way in which God establishes His people. We've forgotten that we were created in righteousness and true holiness. We've forgotten that it's the only avenue through which God can be served. We, it's the only avenue, listen to me carefully, it's the only avenue through which we can be cleansed purged to become useful to the Master. It's the only avenue through which this holiness we've received of the Lord can be perfected in the fear of the Lord. Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians 7, 1, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Either holiness is being perfected in the fear of God or the fear of man because of the wrong object of faith is controlling us, keeping us as only wood and stubble, wood and and dirt instead of being polished and cleansed and purged and as gold and silver refined by the Holy Spirit for, for... Through the study of God's Word, faith in the cross, the study of God's Word, rightly dividing the words of truth so that we won't be ashamed, but rather we would be purging ourselves useful for the Master's hands. This is powerful, but it's all, it all takes place by faith in the cross. It doesn't take place anywhere. So when we bring works into it for the purging of ourselves... You know, and so much of the church still to this day is looking for that powerful move of God that's coming. They've missed it. They've missed it. There is great things coming of the Lord in the days ahead, but I'm amazed at those who have say they found the power in the cross, through faith in the cross, and they found the place, the avenue that God saves and sanctifies and keeps and builds and matures and, and, and delivers and all the, that He does through faith in the cross alone, yet we're still scoping the internet for this. Scoping the internet instead of just letting the Holy Spirit just establish us in the way we say we have our faith in. That's what he wants to do. If you'll just get single-minded concerning what Jesus did at Calvary, he'll establish you in this righteousness. 
And as, he, as you allow him to do that, my friend, because he's not just going to do it without your permission, without your faith in the sacrifice of his son, but when he finds that faith there, he's going to begin to establish you in his righteousness and what used to oppress you is not going to oppress you no more. What used to oppress you and move you into periods of depression, you're going to find God now, hallelujah, working in your life. You're going to find God now working in a way that you didn't know he could work. You're going to find God now establishing you in his righteousness, that very avenue through which he created you, declared you to be, and set a race before you to run. It's all about his righteousness. The only fruit you can bear before God is fruits of righteousness. The fruit of all faith is righteousness, or it's not biblical faith. The Bible in Romans 4 calls it the righteousness of faith. If, if I had a box here this morning and that box typified faith, whatever I reach in and pull out that's a faith is going to be the righteousness of faith. It's going to be the righteous acts of the saints Revelation talks about. It's going to be the righteous fruit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever comes out of faith is righteousness. You, you were saved by grace through faith. God declares you righteous. And now as you keep your faith in the very righteous work of Christ at Calvary, everything that comes out of that faith is the righteousness of faith. And the righteousness of faith brings about really the true relationship with Christ that He desires you have with Him. It brings about the true fruit Jesus taught on in John 15. And we need to learn, we need to be learning these things. Amen. So verse 21 says, If a man therefore purge, cleanse himself of these, these things that keep him in a dishonorable place, these things that keep him from being prepared by the master for the master's use unto every good work. See, I'd rather have uh, the master using me in every good work than to be living in strife and envy and strife where there's confusion and every evil work of the enemy. And we are living in one of those two places. We're either living in envy and strife and confusion and... and, and, and and, and every evil work is at work in our lives, through our lives, or we're purging ourselves of all that, not by what we do, but by faith in what Jesus did. It's the only purging place that's ever existed is the cross. When man sinned in the garden, God didn't run in and say, I love you fig leaves, you're doing a good job of purging yourself, son. He said, no, strip those off, it's going to take a sacrifice to clothe you. It's going to take a sacrifice to purge you. God wasn't pleased with their fig leaves. That was man purging himself. That was me. That, those fig leaves were, were symbolic of the purpose driven, the government of twelve. Those fig leaves were the, the words we speak today. Those fig leaves represented everything we would trust in outside of what God rushed into the garden and gave us as the answer, the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. You understand that this morning? This good stuff this morning. Those fig leaves represented all throughout the history of men what we would trust in for God to move instead of just simple faith 
in Christ and Him crucified. I hope somebody's grabbing a hold of this today. <clears throat> if a man therefore purge, cleanse himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the Master's use and prepared unto every good work. Glory to God. I like that. Every good work. The Master wants to use you and prepare you unto every good work. Uh, that's good, isn't it? Unto every good work. Which works? Every good work. Every good work. You can serve God every day of your life. If you're serving Him in righteousness and holiness, it'll be without fear. Fear can't hold you. Fear can't snare you. Fear can't trap you. Fear can't paralyze you. If you're serving God through faith in the cross, hallelujah. This ain't nothing but kindergarten stuff this morning, but I'm telling you, it's in the kindergarten class where we keep it on the simple level. It's all about Jesus and what He did at Calvary, and it always will be throughout the eons of billions and trillions of light years from now, whatever God's doing among men in that day will be because of what he did in his son on that hill called Calvary 2,000 years ago. The word purge means to cleanse. It means to cleanse. And, 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 and every Christian on the planet today, right now, we all need to be cleansed from unrighteousness. We have thoughts that come into our minds. They're, listen, they're unrighteous thoughts. We didn't ask for them. We didn't conjure them up. But what we do with them determines which avenue we're going. We can either capture those thoughts, take them captive to the obedience of Christ, His obedience unto death, where those thoughts came take us somewhere we don't want to go and we can't deliver ourselves from. We have to stay in the purging process. We do play a part in it. Those thoughts come into my mind. They come into your mind. You can't read my mind. I can't read your mind. If we could all read each other's minds, we'd kill each other by sunset. I promise you. Because the mind is a, is a wicked place where wicked thoughts come and go, but they go away instead of carrying us away if we take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, His obedience unto death at Calvary. If we don't do that, and that is simple faith, it's not works. It is works, but Jesus said your work, the works of God among you will be simply you believing upon me. So when we take those thoughts that, my Lord, I, I don't like thinking that, God, that's wicked, that's ugly. I'm glad nobody knows what I'm thinking. My Lord, they'd kill me right now, and I might kill myself. Uh, but, but please, Lord, if it weren't for you, I take these thoughts. My faith is in you. I thank you, Lord, that those thoughts are not going to take me anywhere but to Calvary. Hallelujah. And those thoughts, if they don't take you to Calvary, they're taking you somewhere where you're going to get a little bit more filthy in flesh and spirit. You go, those thoughts are going to take you somewhere where you're going to get a little more filthy and in, in flesh and in spirit. And you can. I read it to you in 2 Corinthians 7.1. But we can be cleansed. We can cleanse ourselves not by what we do, but by childlike faith in that Jesus cleansed every ounce of sin and unrighteousness out of my life at the cross. That's where he did it. If I'm working to make things happen, I'm, I'm, I'm rejecting the work God says is already finished. And Jesus declared it finished from the cross. Amen, Brother Curtis. So the word purge means to cleanse. 
from these means those vessels. Now notice this. If a man therefore purge himself from these, and remember the context, you just can't look back and say, well, purge yourself from wood and earth. You got to know what wood and earth is talking about. It's talking about false ministers. It's talking about false doctrine. That's the context of Scripture. I know people, that, well, all they ever do is warn. All they ever do is, that's all Paul ever did. We claim we're big followers of Paul, but, but when preachers come along preaching like Paul, we throw them out with the bath. Well, oh, I'm tired of hearing all that warning. You know why? Because they think, they, they think they've arrived to a place they don't need warning anymore. They must realize, if you listen, if you've reached a place where uh, uh, vain thoughts don't, don't even happen in your life, well, tell me how you got there. I, I need to be there, but I don't believe you have. Nobody has. Not the most holiest whoever that might be on the planet. They still have sinful thoughts that come into their mind. The Bible declares that to us in Galatians 5, that the flesh and the spirit will be contrary to one another and at each other, striving against each other till we're with Jesus in the clouds. They ain't going to stop till you're with Him. So you might as well admit it and find this sanctifying and purging avenue and quit running from it or trying to take care of it yourself because it ain't going to work. You're just going to get more filthy in the flesh and the spirit until you come back to Calvary, the only purging ground that exists. So when he says purge yourself from these, he's talking about those vessels, those ministers and their false messages as this is the context. And not just uh, uh, false ministers as preachers, but aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, mom and dad, son and daughter, friends, co-workers, classmates sitting around wherever and they're talking about things that are contrary in error concerning the truth, it's your obligation to, to study the Word of God so that you can show yourself approved of God. You're already approved if you're saved, but He wants you to show yourself approved unto Him. This is unto God. And then you can bring the words of truth because you're, right, you're learning to rightly divide the Word of truth. It doesn't say learning to rightly divide the Word. It focuses on learning to rightly divide the word of truth. Because it's those vessels that we have to purge ourselves. If a man therefore purge himself from these, these teachings that are not right, that don't point you to Calvary, let's just keep it the course then we've got to purge ourselves from th this way we've been taught, these, these fads that come into the church which are unclean before God. They're unclean and they're, they're not the right way. There's only one right way. They don't work. God doesn't use these programs because they're not pointing us to Calvary. They're pointing us to do the work, do works. If you'll, I used to tell people this as a preacher when they'd come crying and broken, the enemy attacking them terribly. You could tell it was all over them. If if you just be in church every week, if you just give to the work of God, if you just pray, if you just study the Word, and those things are things we should be actively pursuing and involved with all the time. But in and of themselves there is no power to save and no power to deliver, no power to purge.
No power to purge. The only power to purge is what Jesus did at Calvary. The only power to cleanse me of all unrighteousness is the blood of Jesus. There is no other avenue. The psychology of the church today, which is the church is full of it, tries to, tries to uh, work from the outside in. That was the whole purpose of the, what was it, the, the Saddleback Church in California, the purpose driven, go around and ask the community, knock on all the doors and ask them what we would have to change in our church or do in our church to get them in our church. If we could just get them in through whatever means, that then we could get them right. But that's working from the outside in. God has never worked from the outside in. God always works from the inside out. The work He begins is in the heart. It doesn't work from the outside in. So God doesn't use your programs unless they're programs that are centered on the cross of Christ, pointing to the cross of Christ, and they absolutely come right out and tell the people of God, you can't fix yourself, you can't save yourself, and the only way you can purge yourself, as the Bible declares you to do, is if you look to the one who purged all of your sins and unrighteousness at Calvary and if you're not teaching that, then you're teaching a false way and you're sitting under false ministers and that is the context of this scripture. False ministers versus that, versus that which is true. He even calls a couple of their names and he talks about studying to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word so you won't get caught up in air by the false ministers. That is the context of Scripture here. And you can't, you can't go around it. When you study the Word in its context, you're going, the Holy Spirit's going to be able to impart to you what you need if you'll repent, if you'll repent and come out of that, which, that way you've been going. It's not the right way. And the vessel is that which carries something. See, this is real good. A vessel is that something is something that carries something. This this container right here is a vessel that carries water. It's carrying water this morning. I could easily drink all that and 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 put gasoline in it for the lawnmower. And if you're blind and don't know any better, and you come up to be me sweating, if you're blind and thirsty, and I gave you a bottle of felt cold and you're thirsty and oh, this is going to be good and I tell you it's water but it's gasoline, I'm about to hurt you if not kill you with a lie. A vessel is that which contains something and this portion of scripture is concerning those who study the word of God to show themselves approved unto God, rightly dividing the words of truth, not being ashamed so they won't fall into error and carry error they are learning. But, you know, the church, let me tell you something. When Paul told Timothy in the last days, he's talking about the church, not the world. The church is going to be ever learning. Oh, are we ever learning. Oh, so much. We, we even leave church after Sunday morning service and say, man, have I learned leaps and bounds. But if it has not resulted in the truth of Christ and Him crucified, my friend, Paul told Timothy, in the last days they will ever be learning but not be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
The knowledge of the truth is the knowledge of Jesus and what he did and that has a show and a glow about it of righteousness, his fruit in your life. And that's far beyond being faithful to a a building in a community called a church building. That's far beyond... That's far beyond what you have going on at church. Praise God for your faithfulness to the house of God wherever you go. But it extends so much farther than that. It's you expressing Christ at work. You expressing Christ in the classroom, in the supermarket. Wherever you go, you are the body of Jesus Christ saints of God. You are the body of Jesus Christ and if you're the body then that means you're the expression of Christ. Paul said for me to live is Christ. (laughs) What's that mean? If I'm living the expression of Christ is pouring out of this vessel. And where we've missed it for years is that just because we have God's presence, we think we have His approval. Now you need to go back and listen to the last couple of Friday teachings on that and the the specifics about study to show yourself approved unto God. I promise you that will bless you. You'll You'll hear the Word of God in the context in which it is written and God will change your life forever if you desire to know truth because that's what he is giving you through these sessions. A vessel is that which carries something. There's only one place anyone is cleansed, and faith it's faith in the blood of Jesus. I can't be cleansed by going to church, reading my Bible, praying, laying in the floor, crying, telling God how unworthy I am, and my Lord, we are unworthy of anything from God. But... I'm not cleansed by anything I actually physically carry out. I need to say that. Uh, Y'all excuse me, but I need to repeat that 99 more times this morning. (laughs) I cannot be cleansed by any physical act I carry out. The only act that was carried out that has the power to cleanse is the act of Jesus Christ on the cross in death for me. When I identify myself, when I identify myself with where he identified himself with me at the cross, I'm going to begin, initially I'm going to be saved. And every day, as long as that's what I'm trusting in, I'm going to be cleansed. Hallelujah. And he's going to be establishing me. Vessel under honor means sanctification. Look at what he says here in verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Brother Chris is here this morning and you remember when me and you and uh, Brother Mayfield did 12, 14, some big number of of uh, teachings in this studio uh, on Sunday afternoons, I think most all of them were. We did uh, uh, several on sanctification. We did several on repentance. And those are on the website. Those are out there. Go and just, uh, it has a heading of uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, look at the playlist and, and, and click on uh, Together in Truth. I think they're under that. And you will learn 
the truth of God's Word in those teachings, those sessions that we had about <clears throat> this very thing. But look at what he says. If a man therefore purge himself from these, we understand that's through faith in the cross alone. <clears throat> he shall be a vessel. That means he shall be a vessel unto honor. A vessel carries something. We carry the honor. If you if you think about it, let me let me go back and uh, let me see if I can find something this morning. Psalms one hundred four, maybe. Oh, maybe. Uh, yes, Psalms one hundred four. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. You are very great. You you are clothed with honor and majesty. God is clothed with honor and majesty. And verse 2 says, who covers yourself with light. God covers himself with light. He's clothed with honor and majesty and he covers himself with light as with a garment, the Bible says. So let's think about that in the context of this scripture we're reading today when he says he shall be a vessel unto honor. See, honor is something God is clothed with. I believe it was what Adam and Eve was clothed with before they fell and realized they were naked without the clothing of God, which was honor and the majesty of God that clothed them. I believe that. But I believe now that Christ has reconciled us through his blood at Calvary to God that you and I are clothed in this righteous garment which to God is honorable and very majestic to Him. It's very drabby to the world. It's very drabby. But we are vessels. We're called to be vessels. That means uh, uh, containers that carry something. And He wants us to carry the honor that He's given us in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. If He's clothed with honor, I believe these very garments of righteousness uh, depict that clothing again. And it's very important that you don't separate who you are in Christ as the righteousness of God and the garments you've been given to wear as the righteous garments of Christ. You need to understand it. You, can, you better not separate that. And I know th- there's some degree that you can. You've been declared righteous and you also have a garment. But when you read what is being told the church in Sardis in the book of Revelation, the Lord Jesus Christ is telling His church there that your garments have been defiled. And He tells them why there in Revelation 3. And he tells them, if you repent and overcome, and he tells them how to do it, right there. If you repent and overcome, I won't blot your names out of the book of life. He's talking to a saved, spirit-filled church who's gone a wrong direction. He says, there's a few there that have not yet defiled their garments. Let me tell you something, folks. You better be careful with saying who you are in Christ, and that's all that matters. Don't matter what my garment has... Your garment is very important. Your garment... No, you're not saved by works, but God has great expectation. We say, my salvation is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Absolutely right. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus teaches that wherever much is given, much is required. You need to understand that cloak you've been given, that covering you've been given, that garment of righteousness God has put upon you. 
through your faith in the blood. You better keep your faith in the blood. If you've moved away, you better throw all that away and burn it and come back to faith in the blood because anything that's not faith in the blood is staining the garment. Well, that's pretty scary. That's pretty powerful. But it's meant to be by God, to wake up His people. Amen. So he says here, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified. See, the word sanctified is there, and it means set apart. Now, this is to the church. We're already set apart. But God, and we're already approved. But we, for years as a church, have had the mentality, well, I'm already approved unto God. I ain't got no need to study. Now, hear me this morning. God says for you to study so you don't come up with the conclusion you don't need to study. We, we, we tear our kids up for doing that to us. What do you think? God's going to let us get away with that? No, there's a price to pay for coming up with excuses as to why I don't study the Word. I don't need to study the Word. I'm already approved unto God. My faith is in the cross. I'm approved. God says study to show yourself approved unto me. I want to see that which I've imparted into your life, that which I've given to you because I'm only pleased with what I'm doing. I'm only honored by what I've done. Come on now. That's good. I know you'll either shout hallelujah or you'll turn me off and go find some backslidden fleshly that'll keep lying to you. He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, set apart. Are you set apart? Or do you just tell everybody you're set apart? Are you actually set apart? Does your family recognize you? And my Lord, they're different. Are you set apart? God has set you apart. Listen, we've been set so far apart from the world. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 14, Paul said, Man, I'm not boasting in nothing but the cross under which I was crucified to the world, set apart from it. And the world was crucified to me, set apart from me. We're so far apart from what's going on in this world, we, we don't need to have any resemblance of it. Now, I know we live in a flesh body and we're always under attack and we have desires, but Jesus died to purge us, amen? Jesus died to purge us. Christianity ain't about a Sunday morning meeting and a Wednesday night maybe meeting. Christianity is about a being used by the Master and there ain't very many in the church that want to be used by the Master. They'll avoid it and run from His usage in their lives in every capacity, an opportunity to tell that which is right when they're sitting there listening to that which is a lie on the job they'll cower down. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. We'll cower down and go hide ourselves. Oh, I got to go do something. I got to tend to this. I'm Christians. I'm not lost people. Christians. Somebody starts talking about the Lord, they'll veer away from it. Why? Because they're ashamed. They're ashamed. I don't care what excuse they give. If a Christian moves away from the Word being discussed... Well, we're not supposed to be talking about that on the job, but you stood there 30 minutes while ago and talked about politics. Not supposed to be talking about that out there. Supposed to be at work, all right? Supposed to be working on the job. But, the, but, but the, when, when, it, when it comes time to talk about the Lord, we ain't supposed to be, we supposed to be working, ain't we? But we'll stand there 30 minutes and talk about politics. I know how fleshly the church is today because I be in it. Amen. I'm not throwing rocks at people. 
I'm trying to help you this morning. I pray God will help you get through, pierce through that shaded area around your heart that we've guarded this really guarded God from getting in and being able to use us. Uh, Even those that want Him to hadn't known how in the past. We've just begun over the last 25 or so years, less than that really, how this all works. We've not known. We Listen, everybody who's listening to me think, no, we've known this church. No, we didn't even have Bibles till about 400 years ago. We didn't even know the truth of sanctification as a church till 500 years ago. We didn't know the way, the very avenue through which we can be purged daily. I'm not talking about salvation initially. I'm talking about purged for the master's use daily, set apart. I'm not talking about set apart at Calvary to go to heaven. I'm talking about set apart right now wherever you are to be purged by faith in the blood, to be used by the Master. We ain't known what, how, how that happened until about the last 23, 24 years. And right now, on a platform, on a scale, it's larger than it's ever been that which Paul taught about sanctification. Ever. It was never being heard all over the world like it is today, ever, 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 ever before, like it is today. There's worldwide ministry. Brother Swaggart in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, worldwide ministry network, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can hear about Jesus and what Jesus did at Calvary as the answer not only to get you in the kingdom, but to give you daily power of the Holy Spirit through this faith alone to live the saved and sanctified life. It's, we've never, it's never been before. That ought to excite you because God's getting ready to close this age out as we know it right now. He's getting ready to close it out. He's increasing knowledge. He's reaching more than ever before. First of all, for, first of all, for His people to wake up unto righteousness so that there can be more and more lost people coming into the kingdom. Amen. Sanctification is mentioned here, and it does mean set apart. And when we see the word sanctified or sanctification, we must always look to Jesus. If we don't, we'll think we've got to sanctify ourselves. Under the old covenant, when the Lord told His people to sanctify themselves, it was outwardly. Sanctify the pots, the pans, the doorposts. But now under the new covenant, because of faith in the blood, sanctification is inwardly. They never were, not one person was ever under the old covenant sanctified in their heart because it takes a permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit for sanctification to even have the opportunity to be taken place. Under the Old Covenant, which was the ministry of the law, which was three things, a ministry of condemnation, death, and wrath. The Bible says that. Oh yes, it was glorious, but all it was, the New Testament says, is a ministry of condemnation, death, and wrath. Think about that. And although it was glorious, it couldn't get anybody into heaven. Only the blood of Jesus could do that, as it is the New Covenant. And 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 tells us that Jesus was made unto us four things. Righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, and redemption. Well, He is my sanctification. So when we see Paul telling Timothy here, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, 
Yes, we were sanctified immediately when we placed faith in the cross. But Paul's not talking here about how to get saved. He's talking to an already saved Pastor Timothy church in Ephesus. And hopefully you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us today as well. He's talking to us about how to live sanctified, how to be in this purging, cleansing process. And if you think about it, it's only those who are bearing fruit who get purged. Everybody else that's not bearing fruit, Jesus taught eventually at some point, that's between God and whoever, gets cut off and thrown out to be burned up and trampled on under the feet of men. John 15, read it. The purging process is for those who are in the faith going into the fruit-bearing process. And when we see the word sanctified, remember, first of all, Jesus was made unto us sanctification. That means because what He did in Him being sanctified through His blood, the Bible says, that we, our faith in that work, sanctified us, set us apart initially. God saved you. He set you apart right then for His work. But we're told here we're going to have to study to show ourselves approved under that work. It don't just happen. The Holy Spirit doesn't just take us and use us and, and, and we get it all right and we're just all what I call tiptoeing through the tulips of holiness. That ain't happening. And if you're honest, you know it ain't happening. Some days you just wake up and you're meaner than a bag of rocks and there ain't nothing wrong, there ain't nothing happened. You are just meaner than a bag of old rocks. And you don't even know why. It's because you live in a flesh body. And it's contrary to who you are in Christ. It's contrary to the way Christ wants to lead you. Flesh just wants to boast in itself. And when you wake up boasting in Christ, you've got a war on your hands. And it's within your own heart. It ain't against you and everybody else. So quit blaming everybody else. It's a war within your own heart. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4, and I'll keep going a few minutes this morning because uh, y'all made me forget to fix the volume. <laughs> Am I under the law again? I'm blaming folks, other folks. <laughs> it's just that weirded out stuff in there. Lord, send us some professional people that know how to do stuff. Now, I ain't talking about send us people who, who can't be here every other service and can't be here. I'm, send us somebody, Lord, that just hear when the doors are open and knows what they're doing. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So here, see, it is the will of God that you be being purged from everything false, those vessels that have within them that which is false, that which is dishonorable. Your own heart having been taught stuff growing up by mom and dad that's not right. Preachers you sit under. Without all of them, let's just forget all of them because we can't blame them. The Bible doesn't say deny them. <clears throat> the Bible says deny yourself and take up your cross daily. Yes, there's false prophets as Paul mentioned them. <clears throat> there will always be. But whatever you're not able to blame at the judgment seat of Christ 
is not blamable in God's eyes today. There's false prophets and there's false messages. There's false doctrine. <clears throat> but it's our hearts that run after it and believe it. Can't nobody force you to believe anything. You believe with the heart what you believe. So when Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how. Let me read that again. Every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Yes, sanctification means set apart. Yes, you were set apart already through your faith in Christ and what He did through the shedding of His blood at the cross. But yes, God is looking for you to be a vessel that carries His honor, a vessel that expresses Him, a vessel that will purge Himself from everything that has caused dishonesty, everything that has been not according to the way of the cross. And many people have gotten excited over the message of the cross over the past several years to only lose their excitement about it because the way of the cross is not the popular way. You're not going to find the crowds of God's people hanging out at Calvary. You can know that right now. The way of the cross can bring great joy at first to only go back to the affairs of, uh, the, of this world, the attractions of this world. The message and the way of the cross is not a big money maker. And if it's money you're after, time will tell and that desire will pull you away from a focus of this cross. Many started out not letting anybody preach in their pulpits that doesn't guard and contend for this faith only to lax back away for the sake of friendships, old friendships. Uh, uh, this message is not bringing in the money. We need to get some of these other people. We need to allow them that money. Listen, the way of the cross is a narrow way. It's always been narrow. It'll always be narrow. And when we begin to forsake the message for the sake of other vessels that aren't carrying the message, we're in trouble. And we are forsaking the message. I don't care what we say with our lips, it makes absolutely no difference. When we begin accepting vessels in our ministries, not our church, everybody's welcome, but to stand in these places to share, they must be vessels that carry the message that can benefit and bless, mature, grow, deliver, sanctify the sheep of God's pasture. Amen? Every one of us should know how. If you don't know how, don't say, well, shame on you or shame on me. Just jump in. Jump in. But you're going to have to come out of those places that are not teaching the word of truth. You're going to have to leave them. You're going to have to leave. And it's going to be very unpopular. People are going to look down on you. Listen, you've got to purge yourself from these. These what? These vessels that are not carrying that which is honorable to the Lord. That which is honorable to the Lord. You're going to have to purge yourself from that which is false. You can't sit under it any longer. The choice is in our hands. It's in our hearts. Amen. I didn't get as far along as I thought I would, but that's all right. I'm thankful for how far we got today. The Lord is doing great and mighty things, and I realize that they're not everybody's noticing it. 
The church is rocking along. The, the multitudes in the church today I'm talking about, those that have been truly saved, there is no oil in their lamps any longer. When the Lord comes, that's not going to be a good thing. You've got to have oil in your lamp. The fire of God has got to burn. It's got to be burning in your heart. I'm not talking about you going out and getting busy. That's not, that's not what happens. But you do find yourself obeying the Lord. The word of the Lord draws us to a place of obedience or it's not working in our lives. We, faith comes when we hear the word. Faith comes by Faith comes and faith works and faith overcomes and faith matures and, and the only thing God can add to in our lives is faith. Faith comes when I hear, not when I read, not when I hear someone else. Faith comes when I hear the Word of God and I know I've heard the Word of God when faith begins to work. I haven't heard if faith's not working. And faith doesn't work by what I declare. Faith works by what its object is. The object, the only object of faith God has offered all of humanity is His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary. We've had a great teaching today. I know you've been blessed. I praise God for every one of us who gather today. Good to have Kathy and Chris and Jaden with us today. And that we'll be here one more Friday morning, next Friday. So uh, just pray with us for the right direction and uh, just go back and watch some of these. I will be finishing uh, 2 Timothy. Don't know when, don't, work, don't know uh, uh, where, but I, I will be finishing it. Probably I'll just keep going, but it won't be here on Fridays. And uh, so pray for us for that direction. God's faithful to give it to us. And don't forget to sow into the ministry where you are learning where you are learning, not where we've got all this and that. You sow into where the gospel is preached and you're learning the words of truth. Amen. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We will see you then.